Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I'm joined by Michael Solis, our children's director, Brian Cobley, our students' director. Oh, oh you stole Allison's Brian. son. Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor. Allison Oconee, our community care pastor. <laughs> and for the first time, we get to introduce Ryan Plants, our lead pastor. <laughs> so, this is a Wednesday morning. You guys are probably thinking this is a follow-up podcast, but it's not. We're doing a, a get-to-know-you welcome to Ryan. We've had a lot of time to get to know Ryan and his family um, over the past few months, but we realize that the congregation probably has not had an opportunity to get to know Ryan. So we decided, let's all sit down, let's get on couches, let's get comfortable, um, and let's just have a conversation. So that's what we're going to do this morning. I hope you guys uh, are watching this on your way to work, or maybe you're at, you know, maybe you're having lunch in the office, whatever you're doing. Listening to us on the way to work. <laughs> no, Listen. I I want them to watch. <laughs> I want them to watch. I want them to pull over. and, and uh, As your Uber driver, drive you safely. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so... Ryan, this this is your first time being a part of the follow up, whatever we're calling this. It's a privilege. I, I feel honored. Yeah, thank you for yeah, joining. I've been watching us. for the past <laughs> few months, and you know, it's surreal to be a part of it right now. Yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. So I want to I want to start like this. I want us to go. Uh, we're going to start pretty superficial, and then we'll go deeper. All right. So could you just tell everyone where are you from, Ryan? Well, I'm originally from the Chicago area. Uh, the suburbs of Chicago, born in Chicago, raised in a suburb called Des Plaines, which is in the northwest part of the suburbs, right by O'Hare Airport. You hear that airport before? Pretty big yeah. airport there. And um, lived there my whole life. Went to school there, Moody Bible Institute in downtown Chicago, and met my beautiful wife there. And since then, kind of have traveled all along the East Coast, but I'm not sure if that's another question uh, for the future, but that's where I'm from. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Spoiler. Chicago is home. My parents are still there. I have a sister who still lives there. So, O'Hare awesome. is my favorite airport to pick people up from. Yeah, it's it's not busy. It's an easy airport to get in and out of. Never any delays. Nothing. <laughs> it's the drivers of Illinois are insane. That it is like you're a NASCAR driver trying to swerve through people, and there's no rules. Everyone's just <laughs> trying to get no rules, just right. That's that's the motto of driving in Chicago. It's like, yep. It's like you, before you before you actually enter, it's like you got to put on some gloves, yeah, tighten right. them, and then just just get into that airport. Bear down. <laughs> so I don't know if you had already mentioned it, or if this is the previous knowledge I have of of you and um, Carrie. But Carrie's from Woodenville. Is that correct? Yeah, last time I checked. Last that's, time you that's checked. That's where she's from. Yep. Uh -huh. She was born here and raised in Woodenville. She's a Woodenville High School graduate. Uh, and I think the mascot there is the, the Falcons. Yeah. Woodenville Falcons. Wow. Yeah, she's a Falcon. Yep. That is, that is the, the coincidence of all this is, is just outstanding. But, um, or God. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a good thing. Yeah, you're right. Um, so when we approached you, uh, we used a company called Slingshot. When they found you, um, how excited was Carrie to have the opportunity to come back to the Seattle area? She was absolutely thrilled. Um, in <laughs> fact, you know, one of the first things that she said when um, I had said, hey, Carrie, there's this really cool church. Um, it's called Arbor Church. And I think you're really going to like it because it's in a little town called Woodenville, Washington. <laughs> and, and she was thrilled. And one of the things she said was, 
I am not going to be able to provide any sort of unbiased judgment about this decision. <laughs> I am going to say full send the whole way. Yeah. She was she was absolutely thrilled. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that she had no chill about that. There was, <laughs> ze- there, was there was zero chill. I mean, she was like, let's go yesterday, you know, yeah. to the church. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Mm. That's good. So um the you were an an interim pastor at the church before Arbor, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I pastored at a, at a little church in Muskegon. That's where we were for seven years. Um, but just for about nine months, I pastored a church there mm-hmm. um, called Evanston Avenue. Yeah, and and I obviously we started superficial. We're hopping right into the depth of this right away. Um, what was that transition like for you from being the interim pastor at this church in Muskegon to being very excited about coming out here to Woodenville and realizing in the short span of a few months, you got to break the news to one congregation, move your whole family, and then you have a wife and, and probably kids who are excited to come out here, be close to um, another set of grandparents. What was that like for you the last few months? Yeah, I think it was one of those things where as we looked toward the future and looked toward Arbor, we were just so excited and we were so thrilled and we couldn't wait. Um, and as the season uh, at Evanston ended, mm-hmm. um, it it was a lot more difficult to leave than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not just because that had been our home for seven years, uh, but that church um, just did a tremendous job of welcoming my family in. We came into that church out of a really difficult season um, in, in our previous church, mm-hmm. and they just they welcomed us with open arms, and we kind of had no idea how long that season would last. Um, and, I, and I know that there was some disappointment on their part that the season was ending so shortly, mm. um, but they were so gracious, and it was so redemptive for us to kind of see that even though that season was so brief, they were so loving and so kind. And so, you know, we, as excited as we were about this, that transition was actually a bit more difficult than we thought. There were a lot more tears than we thought because we had really invested in those people, and we had really seen God bring a church that was on the precipice of essentially closing its doors and and God really breathed new life into that place. And so we're, we were, we're really excited for what God is going to continue to do there. But that transition was actually a lot more difficult than we thought it was going to be. Mm. And that's such a beautiful problem to have. I mean, it's not a problem. It's a beautiful thing that um, you can find healing there yourself and refreshment yeah. and, um, and that they could be receiving as well. That's really sweet that it was hard to leave. Yeah. I bet you feel the same way, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think actually, Cliff, I was just totally resonating with that. Totally, as you were talking about that. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that is that it has. It's been more difficult than I anticipated when I began, mm-hmm. and that and like Allison said, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. We sort of remember a turning point for Cliff, and I'm not sidelining to over here too much. <laughs> But I remember one time mm. Cliff told us probably six months ago that he was no longer able to really evaluate our um, sermons or our speaking mm. on Sunday anymore because he now likes us. Oh, yes. I remember that. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. It, then it was like he, he couldn't turn off the, you know, af- mm-hmm. affection yes. for us in a way yeah. he now was tainted. Mm. Well, I think even if you step in in a transitional way, um, it's... It's not just a job, you know. Especially when when you're when you're leading and pastoring a people, you are you are involved in in and sort of embedding yourself into you know another family of God, and it it it's not just a job, and mm. you become family quickly. I mean, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and so the mm. the parting is 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 difficult. Yeah. 
and, and the relationships, the good part is the relationships will still be there. And the ones that you created in that nine months, you know, uh, they'll still be there uh, in the future. But, uh, and that's a good part. But, and I think the actual word was, was love. Because you can like people, you know, and still it's, but, the, but I, and we're just trying to say it gets, now it's harder to assess because you, there's, a, uh, there's a different emotion involved there, you know, mm. which is a great thing. Yeah. So, oh, that's so. I was going to ask you a question, Michael. So it's so great that you grabbed the I microphone. I knew it was coming, apparently. <laughs> Wasn't that in the script? <laughs> I was going to say, I wish I would have used that for the illustration when I was up to bat up here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so, um, Michael, you were a part of the pastoral search team. Yes. There was, there was one staff member selected. That was you. You got it on draft day. You got to put the hat on. Um <laughs> But we were all, as a staff, we were so curious. We were, like, putting the screws to you, like, tell us some information on these candidates, and you were very tight-lipped about it. Um, But were you somewhat like an like a, an older sibling on like before Christmas where you know what everyone else is going to get for Christmas, <laughs> and you can't tell them, and you're like, I, I wish I could tell you about this person that we're interviewing when Ryan came down the pipeline? So, so for context, uh, tight-lipped about the whole thing, yeah. when we're interviewing folks, because in some cases some people might not be in a situation where other people in their church or whatever know that they yeah. might be looking to go somewhere else, you're not supposed to necessarily share the information because it could really damage their current yeah. standing. Yeah. Um, so that's why it wasn't like, oh, I got the secret and I'm not telling anyone on staff, you know. No, that's it, what you were doing for it's, sure. It, yeah. it, that's actually how I felt. <laughs> that's about how it, it felt. You liked the power. <laughs> you liked the power you had. I it, I did. Uh, but no, it's uh, it was, but it was. Um, I totally forgot the question you asked me as soon as I said that, though. Were you just excited to be able to share with us in the future who this candidate was? Because, I was so excited. Yeah. In fact, um, what. I probably am going to get in trouble for this somewhere with someone. But what I ended up doing <laughs> was I would give, I think it was states yes. to you yes. guys. Yep. I was like, oh, this person's Hawaii. This person's Texas. Alabama. Alabama. And yep. uh, I thought, you know, a big enough area like a whole state might be enough <laughs> to, just, <laughs> to just say that's where that person's from yeah, and uh, not give a whole lot more detail. But yes, to, to your question, when what, what we were doing as a uh, as a search committee was we were praying a lot. And it, through the prayer, we were literally just asking God, hey, would you do the work for us really mm. and remove the people yeah. that are not supposed to be the right people? And we had some great candidates. Mm-hmm. It was like there were some really good people out there. They just weren't the right fit for Arbor. Mm. And uh, there were some times where some people were very excited about a candidate. And, yeah. and like part of the group was like, I just don't know. I've got some yeah. flags about it. Mm-hmm. And so what was crazy was when we got to Ryan, what was wild was when we got to Ryan, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, <laughs> We, we were all unanimous. We got off. Yeah. Well, I literally, I don't think I told you this before. We got off the call and I turned to the group over Zoom and I said, I know we're all quiet and I'm just going to tell you this right now. I'm really trying to not get too excited because mm. I don't want to get let down. I really, really like this. That's guy. the first time someone has ever said that. About oh. after meeting me. <laughs> <laughs> so, the blind date worked. Here you go, Brian. so encouraging. 
What is really funny, and this is a Brian Allison story here, is Michael did give us the state, but he also gave us one well, let me do the one thing wow. that, that happened in my all office. of this out. <laughs> well, so the one fact was his wife was from Woodenville. So, mm. and so and Allison's part of the story. So I had a volunteer stop by after she worked in the food bank and mm-hmm. she said, how is the pastoral search team going? Like, how's the search? Any updates? Mm. And I said, well, apparently we like a guy from Michigan whose wife went to high school at Woodenville High School. <laughs> and she like skipped a beat and then she goes, that wouldn't be Ryan Plants, would it? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. And then she left, and I hopped on Facebook right away and <laughs> totally d- drilled down on, yeah. yes, it is Ryan Plants. Mm. And that, so we did discover you didn't leak the secret. It was just all sorts of deductions. Didn't leak the secret, and it was a deal where I yeah. had to just, they're like, is this the guy? And I was like, I don't know. And the way we, yeah, so I sent a picture um, to the staff of your family and or was it just to you or was it with Brian, right? I think the whole staff was on yeah. the picture uh, that you sent and I just was like now yeah. very tight lipped. Michael still <laughs> wouldn't say anything, but then Brian um edited the the photo with his face in it, which is hilarious. We'll I think you, you put your face over one of my children, right? No. Over your no. wife. Over, <laughs> over Carrie's. Oh, okay. Are you Hayden, you're gonna have to edit that into this whole yeah, thing. We'll have we to this. we'll have to paste that in. <laughs> All right. But it just was a fun way to kind yeah. of be excited in the background, mm-hmm. like a secret mm-hmm. we weren't supposed to know and just yeah. to I don't know, have a face to a name. Yeah. So. The likelihood that you would say Michigan graduate from Woodenville and that particular volunteer would be yeah. able to triangulate all those things. Is yeah. This portion of the so podcast yeah. is brought to you by Church Gossip and how effective <laughs> it can be. Um, <laughs> a very powerful force. Yeah. I think one of the really cool things about that in the, the whole search team story, though, is that there was only one candidate that everyone felt like this is the right person for our, our body. Mm. And and that's what they had been praying about before the first candidate came along. And there was a time when you guys got kind of discouraged because you had a few that you thought might be, might be, but, you know, then then they would pull out or uh, or somebody else would come up. Well, this might be, and then we'd find out something. And mm-hmm. and uh, so it was, to me, that was just such a neat Holy Spirit thumbprint to say, mm-hmm. no, this is the guy we, I got in mind for you. Yeah, the timing of it all, it was like, oh, man, we did not anticipate it was going to take this long. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, to be fully transparent, I started getting to a point where I was was talking to one of our elders saying, hey, maybe we should put a time limit on this and get a new search committee Uh, or something. uh, Because how long are we going to be looking like this? Yeah. But uh, God was so faithful in that process. 100%. So it was pretty cool. Hmm. So, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm curious. We obviously got to, um, well, I say we, Michael and the, and the, the um, pastoral search team got to know you, got to see some of um, the reasons why they would think you're a good fit for the role. Um, on your end, what brought you to Arbor? What was, a, what was attractive or interesting to you about coming out to Woodenville to Arbor Church and serving with this team and this congregation? Uh, there were a variety of things. Um, obviously, um, 
the, the location and being closer to Carrie's family was like one small thing at the very beginning that was like, well, we could see ourselves moving our family across the country. Um, we were looking at other roles and mm -hmm. we just did not have any desire to move to a completely new state that we hadn't been to. We'd, we had done that multiple times and we just did not have the kind of internal energy to, mm -hmm. to do that again. And so having this location be something that it was Carrie's home and her, her parents are just an hour and a half away, her sister's an hour and a half away. That was kind of like the first small thing. Uh, but the more we uh, began to dig into what Arbor uh, was all about, mm. uh, we read Arbor's you know mission statement and um, its heart of making disciples together and helping people, um, people helping people find and follow Jesus. And just the way things were written on that mm. particular page, um, there was something inviting and open and welcoming about that. It really mm. seemed like Arbor kept the main thing, the main thing. Mm. I don't know if you read certain churches' doctrinal statements and they're so pointed and specific <laughs> yeah. and it just seems like they're very closed off. Arbor seemed like a place that was very open and welcoming. And on top of that, it was you guys. We mm. went to the staff page and I got to see the people that I would be able to be working with. And I was like, I want to work with those people. Mm. And when I met you, it was a little bit of a different story. I yeah. had to backtrack <laughs> off of that. But your 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 bios <laughs> were really, yeah. really enticing. You know, it was like, oh, these seem like great people, yeah. you know. Ditto, friend. Ditto. Yeah. Ditto, I know. <laughs> Catfishing. Mm -hmm. Um on our end, when we did do that Facebook search and we looked at you mm -hmm. um or your profile, one of the most recent posts you had was mm. um, kind of a reflection on a book called A Church Called Tove, which is the book that we had just finished as a staff and mm. had really longed to have our culture shaped by this book. And so when we saw that you had already read it and that it had meant something to you, I just felt like that was further confirmation that, mm -hmm. you know, we would all be a good fit together. We'd be pursuing the same things. Mm -hmm. So that got me really super excited. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. hard, though, once you've set your heart on something, <laughs> then to release it and yeah. be willing to be hurt and disappointed again. So <laughs> but. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think it'd be kind of cool, Hayden, to pull yeah. a curtain back on the process a little bit for people who are listening in, because yeah. a lot of the people in the church may not have understood that. Mm. Um, the elders uh, put together the search team, mm -hmm. and the search team comprises somebody from the staff, one elder, but just one elder. And uh, some people, a uh, leader of the prayer team, some other people who were just really, really solid people in the church, and then said, we're trusting you. Mm -hmm. And so even the elders, other than Jonathan, who led that group, the church team, they were not involved in the process, and they knew yeah. no more about the candidates. We usually knew more because Ellison was a better sleuth. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we would find out stuff as a staff, but... Yeah. Uh, but they the so and we just trusted the search team to really mm. be seeking the Lord in this and then coming to us with the candidate they mm. felt God was calling here, mm. and what was neat is then the the failsafe was the elders had to agree and the mm. staff had to agree, so um, it could have been stopped at any way along the line there, mm. and for uh, for everyone I mean from the search team to the elders to the staff to be in a hundred percent agreement. Mm to me was so such a clear thumbprint of the Holy Spirit of just saying, no, this is my will. Mm. But it was also an example of the willingness of all of those groups of people to submit themselves to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and to say, 
I'm, I want to hear from him in this mm. and not just impose my own thoughts and ideas to that. So anyway, I think that mm. gives us a great, great beginning. And, and what I'd want to add to that is, is Ryan is amazing. We're mm. blessed to have him. But mm. there is even more value from my perspective in this whole process that you would choose us and we would choose Ryan. Mm. And, and it's because what I found was... COVID really knocked out a lot of churches and a mm. lot of pastors. Yeah. Mm. And pastors are a really rare breed now. Yeah. And so it's like churches who are looking for someone and really doing the work to find someone, they're mm. like ready to pull out all the stops to bring them in because yeah. they are so valuable right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the fact that it worked out so well like this was even further confirmation that God was involved in the process. Mm. So. All right, so Ryan, you, your wife, and your three kids um, have moved out here. You guys are hanging out for the time being in Port Orchard, but you're looking for a house currently. What has this process been like for the family, for the kids? Um, can you talk a little bit on that? Yeah, so, you know, I've said how excited we were about all this, but moving is the worst. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. And so it has been, um, in many respects, it has been, um, just actually exhausting mm -hmm. uh, the whole process of, you know, cleaning your house out and, you know, you don't realize how much junk you have in your house mm -hmm. until you start to like try to get it ready to sell it. Um, we had a whole 10 yard dumpster in our front yard that we loaded up and got shipped out. We had a huge garage sale. I was like going inside the house during the garage sale and just like pulling random things out <laughs> of our house and selling them. While your wife's not looking. Yeah, she was doing something else. Yeah. I was in charge of the garage sale and so I'm just selling everything. And um, and we, we packed up our stuff and some of you were there on Saturday morning. You still saw how much stuff we had yeah. here and so um so that that process of selling the house and then obviously mm -hmm. all of like the different um parts of selling a house and working with the realtor and having mm -hmm. people come in and, and showing that house and trying to end well at, at the previous church and then moving all the way across the country we yeah. drove our two cars all the way across the country and so that was pretty exhausting because neither of us got a break and mm -hmm. um but but also it was so much fun as well um, you know, it was an it, it it was and it has been an adventure mm. for our family uh, to be able to do all of that and to be able to see God's faithfulness in mm. the process. There were a few weeks there as we were selling our house. You know, the market has kind of changed over these last few months, where we were like, "Lord, when are you going to sell this house?" We thought it was going to happen in forty eight hours, <laughs> and uh, we would just kind of like pray together as a family and. Um, just wait upon God to, to, to work that out and his timing. He has mm -hmm. worked everything out. Has it been stressful? For sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it has also been really cool to see God work and move in mm -hmm. and along all of that. We spent last week looking at a bunch of houses and put an offer on Saturday night on a house up in Snohomish and it got accepted. And Ooh. so that was really exciting as well. Walking through all of that though is stressful because you're filling out all these paperworks or paper yeah. filling out paperworks paperwork yeah, it should filling be out plural. paperwork that <laughs> yeah. works yeah. and um and and just not knowing like am I signing my life away and all of these different things and so mm. it's been stressful but God has God has used it in our family just to mm. strengthen our faith mm. and um, just to encourage us uh, through the whole mm. process yeah and there's an emotional weight to moving as well because you're wrapping up a chapter of life with people that matter and you're saying goodbye to memories and neighborhoods and mm. routines and all that too. So I think it's not just the work that goes into like the physical mm. labor. Um, there's an emotional labor too. That's so true. You know, someone encouraged us at the end of our time in Michigan. Um, don't neglect the hard goodbyes. Mm. 
you know, make sure you take the time to sit with those people and spend some time together. You know, it doesn't have to be like this super heavy moment, but just be really intentional mm. about those goodbyes with people that, you know, those relationships will last, but mm. they change because of distance. And, um, you know, it's, it's in that mode, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a slightly more task oriented person. Mm. So I'm trying to get the things done and I'm a little nervous about the emotional weight of saying those goodbyes. Um, but that's something that, that I do not regret was kind of leaning into those moments and having those dinners and having those times with those individuals who meant so much to us and being able to say those goodbyes oftentimes, mm. you know, full of tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate to <clears throat> keep putting the pressure on you, Ryan, but um, all of us staff got to um, <laughs> spend some time with, sorry, staff and elders got to spend some time with your family on Sunday after church. We had a barbecue. Um, we played some volleyball, which, you know, you really get to know somebody through competition. Um, but for the people that obviously didn't get to attend, uh, could you just give us like a quick snapshot of um, Carrie, Ethan, Miles, and Eleanor? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it as quick as I possibly can. I could talk about them forever and we could go yeah. for like another like three hours on this. But <laughs> um, Carrie and I um, have been married 16 years as of mm. this August. So just in a few weeks, we'll celebrate our 16 year anniversary. Mm. Um, she was born and raised here. Obviously, we already mentioned this in the Seattle area in Woodenville. Mm. Um, she's a graduate of um, Cascadia College. Mm, yeah. She got her associates there and then spent some time in Indiana uh, working with Campus Crusade, uh, a sub-ministry called mm-hmm. Keynote, and they would travel around and play like cover songs and then share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then she eventually came to Moody, and that's where I met her, and, and kind of the rest is history there mm-hmm. for us. Um, she's such a tremendously talented person and gifted person. The more you spend time with her, mm-hmm. um, she's um, she's very good at asking good questions and getting to mm-hmm. know people, and um, just such a, such a gifted person. She's been an incredible mm-hmm. partner to me um, over our marriage. Um, and so we have three kids, um, Ethan, Miles, and Eleanor. And so they're 13, 11, and 9. Uh, Ethan is going into eighth grade. Miles is going into sixth grade. And Eleanor is going into fourth grade. Um, Ethan is um, very tall. That's the first thing you'll notice about him mm-hmm. uh, when you meet him. Um, he's already taller than me at, at 13, already wears bigger shoes. Um, he loves basketball. He loves playing video games. He's a really kind kid. Um, when you meet him, you think he should act older than he is, but he's, you know, he's just so tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Miles uh, is um, just the funniest person. Um, mm-hmm. He makes me laugh more than almost any person I know. Mm-hmm. He's just totally off the wall and creative and super, super sweet. He's very empathetic, very emotional in that regard. And then Eleanor, our youngest, um, she's either going to be president one day or she's going to be the dictator of yep. this country one day. <laughs> one of the two. We're not quite sure. But she is She is also so tender as well mm. and um, so sweet mm. and doesn't know a stranger. I mean, mm. she will um, uh, talk to anyone. Mm. Uh, and as Brian knows, uh, she can be pretty dominant at times, yeah. too. Yeah. She was on our team for volleyball, and she told Brian what was what yeah, very that's, quickly. That's, that's how she operates. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys are all looking at me, so I guess you guys don't have any follow-up questions to that. That's cool. Any pets? <laughs> yeah, and we do have one pet. We have a dog named Lucy. Uh, she's a Australian Labradoodle, and she's currently with uh, the breeder right now out in Michigan, and she'll mm. make her way out to Washington in October. So the kids are really excited to have her mm. uh, join us. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> uh, I'd like to go a little superficial here on this question. Um, what... 
and please don't say like family, friends, church, any of that. What's the <laughs> one thing you are going to miss about Michigan, Chicago area? Like it could be a food place. It could be the place that you guys go out for, you know, like a park, anything like that. What's the one thing that you guys are like, this is going to be so hard to leave behind? Um, the, the hardest thing will be the beaches on Lake Michigan mm. um, in the summertime. Um, they were just the best. I mean, it, it mm. felt like you were actually going to the ocean or someplace in like California. They had these beautiful mm. like sandy beaches and they're not crowded at all. I feel like that's one thing I'm getting used to here in like the Woodenville, <laughs> Seattle. Anywhere you go, there's just hundreds of people yeah. everywhere all the time. Mm. And so we would spend a lot of summer afternoons and just mm. the whole day we would drive over to the beach and just hang out and, mm. and, and spend time uh, there, so I, I think probably the beaches um, mm. in West Michigan, where we lived, we were about forty-five minutes northwest of yeah, northwest of Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of a food desert. There weren't a lot of great restaurants, and so you know we're really excited about that in this area, mm. the different restaurants and the different yeah. things to do. Um, but it was good for the budget. You know, mm. we just didn't eat out a lot, and <laughs> that was just that was that. <laughs> so I'm going to ask this question for the guys who are listening to this in their garage, working on something. Uh, where does your sports allegiance lie? Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever you want to answer. Yeah, so born and raised in Chicago, I am a Chicago fan through and through. Okay. So Cubs, not White Sox, Bears, Bulls, and Blackhawks. But I mentioned this in my intro video. Growing up, I loved Ken Griffey Jr. I was mm. obsessed with him. I had that Ken Griffey Jr. jersey, and mm. I still have it. It's like, I think at my in-laws house right now. It's one of the things that I left out just in case I choose to wear it <laughs> at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say I'm a Chicago fan through and through. Okay. When it comes to college sports, I had an uncle play football at Michigan. Mm. And so I'm a, I'm a big University of Michigan football okay. fan and basketball. All right. Do you guys have a, Oh, Michael, you got something. I was going to say, do you think given your history and love of Ken Griffey Jr., there could be a a thing with the Mariners, especially since, did I hear they're on a streak right now? 14-game winning streak, yeah. and absolutely. I feel like because there are two leagues in baseball, I am afforded the opportunity to have a National League team yeah. and an American yes. League yeah. team. There you go. And so the Mariners are undoubtedly my American League team. <laughs> mm, and awesome. I do cheer for the Seahawks good. Um, good. because the Bears are often so bad mm. um, that I join my wife in, in her enthusiasm yeah. for the Seahawks. She is a mm. Seattle fan. Those are the two different leagues. That's the... Those are both NFC. Exactly, exactly. But mm. but I'm willing for the sake of my marriage mm. to <laughs> to to join in with my wife in in, in that support and celebration mm. of that all team. Right. Mariners Cubs World Series. Who would you go for? Cubs all day. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, Seattle fans. I will be cheering for the Cubs and I would be glad if they swept the Mariners in the World Series. And I would not for a second hesitate to gloat mm. about that for weeks, mm. if not months. NFC championship. The Seahawks. Bears all Bears. day. Yeah, okay. sorry. No so, so Chicago supersedes it all okay. day long. Yep. No hesitation. <laughs> all right. Well, um, we're getting close to wrapping things up. But Ryan, I wanted to ask you uh, one final question. And that is, um, if there was something that you could express to the congregation, something where you could pull someone aside and just say, I'd love for you to know this about me. Um, obviously, I know I'm putting you on the spot. You got to think of something quickly. Um, but what would be something that you feel is super important about yourself as a leader or just even as a human that would be important to share to someone here at Arbor in the congregation? Yeah, I would say the most important thing is something I shared on Sunday morning. Um, and it's that as a leader, um, I, I don't view myself as an individual who has 
some grand plan and all the answers for the church and have has some sort of, you know, um, fail safe system that we can put into place and it's going to make everything great. I think we're all coming out of really difficult seasons. Um, Arbor, myself personally, and just the church at large in America. I mean, this has been a really difficult season. And I, I genuinely believe that the Spirit is using this season to reframe and reorient the way we engage uh, with one another, the way we engage in worship, the way we engage our community around us. And so to that extent, um, you know, as, 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 a, as the pastor of this church, uh, my hope and desire is that we would maintain that posture of humility in the season that we've just come out of um, and, and be really dependent on the Spirit's guidance and direction and not worry so much about, um, you know, programs and the systems and the things that we you know, maybe spent a lot of time focusing on uh, in, in, in kind of our previous pre-COVID, mm. pre-church you know church hurt life. Um, and really begin to focus on what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and, and focus on the formation and, and, and the shaping and following Jesus as our true leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as we do that, I believe that we will really be, begin to more authentically embody what it means to be like an outpost of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will, will radiate the kind of hope, the, the kind of peace and love um, that, mm-hmm. that, our world really needs right now. You know, I don't, I don't think our world needs, you know, to, to see Arbor as like this perfect example of what a perfect church looks like. And wow, they've got this really great kids program, even though they've got the great kids program or this great youth group or, or, or these great community groups or amazing worship or good preaching. Um, but that we would be known for what Jesus wants us to be known for. And that's our love for one another. Mm. And that people would see that in a world that is so divisive, and they would be like, I, I want, I, not just I want to be a part of that, I need to be a part of that. Mm. That was really good. Um, well, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Michael, did you have something you were looking? Yeah, you know, I, I thought I might add one yeah, more thing. Of course. Um, and that is a question that has been burning in my mind. How are we going to differentiate between Ryan and Brian? Uh... <laughs> That's a great question. That's something we've struggled at, at, like on staff, to figure out. Brian, do you have any suggestions? You know, as someone who has like the extra letter in the name, because it, it's redundant. hard. It's hard to tell the difference between you, honestly. Yeah. Well, there's actually even within this podcast. Every time Hayden says Ryan, I'm like, what? I was like, why are you talking to me? Um, I have yeah, no suggestions. I'll change my name. Okay. You cool going by Fair middle enough. name? I, I support it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, go by my middle name, Moses. Yeah, Moses would be fun to call you that. I told you guys, I uh, have a cousin. Her name is Ryan. And when I was in Boise and I lived with my aunt, my cousins, my aunt just started calling me B Ryan. Yeah. To to help. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, maybe uh, write an email to B R Y A N at arborchurch.com for suggestions for what we could call him. Please but, don't. <laughs> yeah, just flood his, his inbox with suggestions. <laughs> but um, before we close things up, I know that um, sometimes in the lobby, it can be awkward to start conversations and get to know people. So, Ryan, I, I want to, to play this game real fast Ooh. that people can then finish the game on Sunday when they go talk to you. I'm assuming you've played Two Truths and a Lie before, right? Yes, I have. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna ramble on for a little bit while you think of two truths and a lie. What I want people to do 
is if they're feeling uncomfortable or awkward going up and starting a conversation with you on Sunday, they can come up and say what the lie is. And then from there, an organic, natural, beneficial conversation will uh, happen. Have I given you enough time to, to come up with two truths and a lie, Ryan? Yes, but they're probably not going to be great, but I'll do my best. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go for it. Give us, give us three facts. Well, two truths and a lie. But right? yeah, well, we no. don't know which one's a lie. And we're going to leave it a mystery. Exactly. We'll leave okay. it a mystery. And the okay. congregation great. can then start a conversation with Ryan. Yeah, great. Um, all right. So I, um, I was uh, the lead uh, in a musical mm. I, in high school. I um, was runner-up um, for the state championship for golf. Mm. And um, I um, have lived in eight states. Mm. Is that pretty good? That's really good. I don't know which one to pick. Yeah. All right. Well, think about that, guys, or whoever's listening. Just uh, figure out which one's a lie and then just ask Ryan on Sunday, if you're struggling to have a conversation, Brian, I'm going to guess it's a runner-up. I think he was. You're not the, supposed you're to. Not, guess. I think not. he was the champion. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> if you agree with B. Ryan, um, say that in the lobby when you when you get a chance to talk to Ryan. Um, but it's been it's been about almost 40 minutes, so we're going to wrap things up here. Um, thank you guys so much for sitting down, having this conversation, Ryan. Thank you for um, being yeah, willing to you. answer all these questions that we throw your way. And um, thank you guys for listening or watching, and we'll see you guys on Sunday.